0: of the b-roll uh a sub episode of the k-cut where we just shoot the breeze about film this is completely unhinged and um this could go all haywire and of course it will we're all brain dead after a long but successful academy awards the 93rd academy awards so uh obviously uh this is the k-cut crew so uh, i'm here we've got rachel we've got james so say hello
1: Hey guys, we're hanging
0: Hello. in there. Yeah, so a lot of exciting stuff, but joining us is, uh, is a very special guest. This is an Independent Spirit Award voting member who is uh, as obsessed with the Academy Awards as we are, and possibly James' is as well. We'll get your feedback on that soon, James. Uh, this is Gianthony joining us. How are you
2: doing? Thank you so much, and I appreciate it for getting my my name right because a lot of people don't get
0: right. <laughs> I was actually going to ask: Is that actually how it's pronounced? Because I just exactly, I just
3: assumed
2: ex- exactly how, how it's supposed to. Be. Well, what if, what if what if people said? Usually, you get Giantoni uh, or or uh, they just say Anthony, even though they just they obviously it's not Anthony. But you, you get some really interesting stuff. I mean, it's it's. I feel like a lot of times people. Think too hard on it, like when they look at it and they just like overthink it, even though it's pretty. It's a lot easier than it looks.
0: Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, Anthony, I'm glad that I got it uh, correctly because I'm sure with every guest I'm not going to get it correctly. But no, um, that's fair so uh the way that this is going to work is we're going to go briefly into every little aspect of the academy awards kind of in order of what we see so we're going to get into the actual red carpet stuff which fyi none of us are experts but we're going to try our best uh going to get into the red carpets the good the bad and the ugly um we're going to get into the actual ceremony itself held by steven soderbergh and its peculiarities uh for better or for worse um, the, some of the speeches that happened, uh, the actual wins themselves. And finally we're gonna overlook our predictions that uh, the three of us made and Jantonese uh, as well, who uh, you know you've made your own, uh, you know, uh, off of the K cut, but we'll we'll share it as well and see how we did. So uh, let's get right into it. So the only way you could start with anything Oscar related is with the red carpet. And, you know, the way that people are dressed, the fashion, who are you wearing? And again, none of us are fashion experts, but we're going to try our damnedest. So uh, why don't we get into it? First off, let's get into some some good looks that we have. Uh, Rachel, were there any any outfits that really stood out to you?
1: Yes, I thought that Regina King looked as royal as her last name. She had a Beautiful, beautiful sort of sky blue jeweled outfit that had a sci-fi look to it, and it was the perfect outfit to start off the ceremony. And she's my top notch. I have to say, there were a ton of cutouts that looked really fabulous, and a lot of the men looked really striking in all-black ensembles.
0: Yeah, the, the the black all day was certainly a look that a lot of people were donning. Like some of my favorite looks, um, like uh, Paul Rassy had like this. Uh, it was almost like a heavy metal look. Like his nails were also all black and you know he had like the the chain at the top of his tux a really really cool look but otherwise he had a lot of great examples like um i believe uh riz Ahmed was also like black on black on black and it just looked dapper af and uh
1: i missed his bleach blonde hair though
0: i know <laughs> it, it almost feels like he has to just keep that now like um yeah, you know, like everybody I know was because you know this is their introduction to Riz Ahmed. They they, they see him in, in Sound of Metal and they're like, "Wow, okay, he doesn't look the same." I kind of wish he just kept the hair though. So I don't know that that's just his look now. Um, uh, James, what about you? Any uh, any standouts? Any faves? Well, I have
3: to say, along with everybody else, all the guys in all black. Everyone was looking smooth in those ensembles. It was like it's like an outfit you can't get wrong.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I feel like Leslie Odom Jr. was like the gold variant of this. The except gold suit it was, was like, obnoxious.
1: <laughs> there was too much gold.
0: It was like the garment itself was a little too shiny, a little bit too metallic. Because I feel like if it was more soft, it would have been pulled off. Because with black, you can't really mess it up that way because it just it just works in any type of any type of texture or or fabric but with the gold it was just a little too obnoxious right which is too bad
1: and if you'd varied the shirt or the pocket square maybe
0: right yeah maybe like a mustard tie or something but it was just it was just a little too much it almost felt like a golden tin man almost or like c-3po it just that's exactly
3: what i thought (laughs) like tin man
0: yeah other Uh... than that i'd have to say um
3: Though I didn't like the top part, Amanda Stafford's dress was stunning, aside from that.
0: Oh, like the frills.
3: Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Every A lot of the dresses had something weird like that. And then uh, there was uh, Maria Bakalova. Her dress, she looked amazing.
1: Yeah, Very like, classic. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: almost like old Hollywood, or not even old Hollywood. Maybe even like the 60s throwback to old Hollywood. Just some modern reinterpretation. But either way, like, killer, killer outfit. I know that she's nominated for you know, like a comedic role, but she's like classically trained and she wants to do these compelling dramas. And like this proved it to me where it's like, this is somebody who's like very familiar with like, you know, like the the style and like the, you know, like the, the prestige of Hollywood more than anything. So, um, Anthony, what about you? Did you have any outfits that that stood out? Uh, we'll get into bad ones in a second.
2: For me, I, I actually really like Carrie Mulligan's and uh, uh dresses. I really like the gold on on uh, on Carrie and, and the yellow. Uh, those were probably and obviously you guys mentioned already. Maria Bakalova was probably also really good.
0: Yeah, like uh, gold was certainly a theme. I feel like
1: uh, I you know because Oscar much.
0: gold. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Well, like, in some outfits, like, again, Leslie Odom Jr., it doesn't matter. He's still a king. But, um, yeah, <laughs> in some instances, like there there might have been. Uh, for me, some of my favorites were her. Her with, like, the, 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 mm. the blue, the, the, the long blue dress and the veil. That was just really like pretty. One hell of an outfit. And one of the gold outfits that really worked was Andre Day. And that was, like, probably my favorite of the 2 pieces, where it's, like, uh, it just it just was so flowing and not even just in length, but like in the way that it was like hemmed. It it just looked amazing. And I always I wish it was attached to a better film because it's like you, you like this looks too good for that movie. You're you're representing a movie. This this haphazard way too much. Um, otherwise, big shout out to Licky Stanfield, who did a bit of everything. He did the gold and he did the black. So he had like the black suit, the gold buckle and chain, the, the yellow sunglasses and dyed hair black nails but he also had like the white top of his suit he just did everything and he looked fantastic and look like, he always looks on point so I-, I feel like he, he deserves that shout out
3: who else? oh uh the little bit we saw of margot robbie she looked as amazing as uh,
0: she always does yeah, very
1: she density. almost looked
0: like yeah like retro 60s almost like she still has like that once upon a time in hollywood thing still going but always always nails it and always looks great so okay any any quick shout outs to like the worst outfits that we saw because I'm sure the who worst. Who had the song. loofah sleeves? Oh yeah, who was that?
1: Was that Celeste?
0: Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it might have been.
1: Yeah. Who sang the yeah, Trial like of the the... Chicago 7.
0: I feel like it was maybe like a tribute to like the coral reef that like the octopus and and my octopus teacher was like Stop. hanging around there. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. that was
1: one. The <laughs> outfit was fine, it was just the no, sleeves no. looked really weird.
0: No, it was a tribute, Rachel. Come on. <laughs> no, oh, okay. man. It, didn't look, it didn't look very good. Um, whew, okay. A- any, other, uh, any other really not good outfits? Or,
1: um... I do not like Vanessa Kirby's ensemble. I felt that the hair and the lipstick no. were too severe for this sort of pale pink princess dress. And then the cutout just didn't quite fit.
0: No, and the cutout almost looked like it was hemmed at, like, the last second, almost, which is, like, the worst thing you could say about an outfit. And I don't want to disparage her, because, like, I'm happy that she was there at all. Like, she is, like, one of the most underloved of all of the nominees, and I feel like she was deserving to be there. Like, when there was, like, that big kerfuffle with who's going to win the best actress, nobody said Vanessa Kirby. And it's like, but she's so good. So, yeah, I agree, though. It was, like, a little bit too much of, like, this rose gold metallic everything it was a little too much
3: oh we forgot to mention chloe jiao and her like very sidestep to what everyone else is doing her very reserved outfit
0: yeah mm-hmm. and like on that note i'm surprised that um francis mcdormand wasn't even like more so because she usually is like she kind of just shows up with whatever she feels like so even like for, for Frances McDormand's standard she like upped her game this time around i think with like a matching mask and everything but
1: Speaking of understated, I really liked Tyler Perry's navy blue with black. It was pretty subtle, but it worked nicely on him.
0: Yeah, he he looked fantastic. And uh, oh, my goodness, the, the name of the comedian who was acting as MC and he did the quiz. Um,
2: uh, lo, lo, literal literal oh, L'Oreal?
1: L'Oreal?
0: L'Oreal? L'Oreal. Yeah, Lorel. Yeah. He he looked he looked fantastic as well. Like like out of like the presenters and whatnot, he was like one of the best looking for sure. Was he wearing
2: glasses? Too?
0: Yeah, I think he was yeah. where he was. He was,
1: at least in the yeah. pre-show.
0: Um, yeah, I think I think so. Maybe not inside because it was dark, but like, I, I pretty if I'm not mistaken... No, look, he took his off inside as well because, like, I mean, it's indoors. Uh, only uh, Jack Nicholson and Nelson John could pull that off. Anyway, so so let's get into the actual. Uh, speaking of glasses, there's uh we got Steven Soderbergh, who's like known for like his iconic look, you know, glasses as well, and uh, that translates to his his vision with these Oscars. And again, for better or for worse, what uh what an interesting singular Oscar experience we had. I mean, first off, it was like shot like a film, like it was at 24 frames per second. So it doesn't even feel like it's live. It feels like it's like a recording. It
2: um, hey, also was shot in, in widescreen too, which
0: was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the uh, the exact um, specs are, but it was like super widescreen, like super long. And uh, yeah, also like the long handheld, was typical Soderbergh, handheld cameras, just uh, the long panning, and obviously the orchestration of where everybody sat played into how they would be shot as opposed to anything else, which is an interesting setup. Um, Yeah. On like the technical aspect alone, and we'll get into everything else, the technical aspect alone, what did you guys think of this uh, very individualistic Oscar experience?
1: I felt it started off very strongly. It had a very good tone and having Regina King introduced was strong, but It sort of meandered over the evening, and I never knew whether we were going to get the fun facts or the clips or nothing in some cases. And I felt they could have kept it a little more consistent. And then there was the ending, but we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the ending. (laughs) uh, James, what did you think?
3: I thought, like you said, from a technical aspect, it was... It was done very well and it was definitely interesting for an award show. I mean, it just shows I mean Steven Soderbergh is a treasure to the industry, so to have him do something like this, especially come, someone who has like a love-hate relationship with the industry, mm-hmm. to be the producer of the Oscars is definitely something interesting. But I thought the only thing that really I found strange was the order of the awards.
0: I mean obviously we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to get the into. end
3: later, but yeah, it yeah, just we'll, seemed we'll get it
0: to the order soon.
3: It is definitely interesting though, with everyone's not in the same place. So, Rachel, I think you pointed out in our chat that uh, all the every everyone overseas in England was at the BFI. Which is beautiful. It seemed like, I was like, oh, that's fitting. But yeah, just, you know, because you had to be like, what was it? I think uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and Isla Fisher were in Australia.
0: Australia. And they just yeah. had like, yeah. yeah, they just had to like
3: cast them on screen. some of the songwriters were in
1: Stockholm. And Anthony Hopkins was very sensibly asleep in Wales.
0: It, right. Which we'll get into all of that in a second, because I think the whole Anthony Hopkins thing for a plethora of reasons is extremely, it's a, it's a miasma. Um, uh, G Anthony, you brought up, you know, the white screen. So obviously you were paying attention to like, you know, how, like the, the subtleties or lack thereof of this ceremony.
2: I was, too, uh, I was one of probably the, one of the most excited about uh, to see what Steven was going to do. Cause I, I don't know if you guys know, but Steven, he, he has a weird relationship with Hollywood since, he was, he was, he's actually a former president of the DGA, but he also was the guy who took over the initiative to get back people to work for filming when obviously we were doing the pandemic. Uh, he was uh, the person who the industry was like, we got to put Steven Soderbergh around the, the COVID initiative. So it was, int- I was kind of curious to see what he was going to approach. And I was at first, like uh, 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 Rachel said that she- I was kind of at the beginning fully in into his vision of the show, but it kind of just kind of like, I would say probably in the middle, I started struggling with some of the decisions because it was kind of like he was there. I like the fact that they were embracing the, the, um, yeah, you know, how do you call it? Embracing the, uh, showcasing the, the, the nominees. Like they, they would talk about them, give kind of a story on how, if, for example, in sound, I, I they were trying to explain what what the approach of, of each movie was, and so kind of I, I like that because usually, like for example, with shorts, they started showcasing the shorts, and they usually don't do that. They usually just kind of show the nominee, and they're like, "Oh, here's a winner. Uh, you have a minute to give your speech and get out of the stage," you know. And this year, they decided to let everybody just talk for 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 like as long as as you as, as they wanted to, to be honest. Because even the the winner um, of um, of international feel, another round. Uh, Thomas went for like I don't even know how long he was talking to, but he gave probably one of the best speeches of the night, even though it was pretty lengthy. But I don't know. I, I think it was it was a start, a, a strong start. I really liked a lot of the things he he did for the show, like the idea of being more cinematic and uh, kind of like letting the the nominees tell the story more so than. Than the fluff that we usually get with dancing numbers and like everything else that we usually get. But at the same time, I was a little bit conflicted with some of the things they took out or, or being too risky with moving stuff around. So I don't know. I, I feel like overall, I really like that. It's probably one of the best shows Oscar shows in a while. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I feel like um, I'm on the same wavelength as everyone here. There was like a uh, good and bad. I feel like the fact that it felt so cinematic, but We didn't really get the clips for, like, you know, the acting performances and a lot of those things. To me, it it was like something just felt a bit missing, especially because the show itself felt cinematic. It was almost like like an appetizer without the course, almost, where you're you're giving us this vibe, but we're not seeing it. But then it would uh, seldom use these clips for things like uh, best animated feature, and it's like okay, why are some things getting these clips and why aren't the other things? And the clips as well felt overly long. Like, we've all seen better days. So that seat to us is very special, the one that they showed. But to, like, my family who hadn't seen it, it goes on for, like, 45 seconds. And it's like, this could have been cut down. Or even, like, the Best Picture nominees, it's like, you're not going to show anything all evening. But these clips are extremely long like do we have to see the entire spinning in the cup exchange for from promising young woman like definitely not which it's a great scene but like for timing purposes and the flow of this ceremony it just felt a little a little weird because in some ways this was like shot so tightly the ceremony
2: I think it start. I think it started pretty tight, and then for, uh, somewhere in the like, I don't know, second hour or the third hour, it started getting a little longer for some reason. Because it felt like they did a good job at the beginning of like being fast and like getting people in out, yeah. but then it just started like dragging, and I don't know what it was that made it drag uh, even yeah later in the show.
1: I think the concept was pretty good, and I could see it being used again, but I feel they would need to really tighten it up if they wanted to repeat it.
0: Yeah, it's too bad because conceptually, it's actually really nice. And I was like super into this. And like in my review, I said the Oscars felt less about the ceremony and more about, you know, it's about the movies again, because it it, in itself was like a tribute to movies. It felt like a movie. Um, All of this uh, spotlighting of how how all of these cast and crew members got into the industry. All of that stuff was really cool, but I don't know. Yeah, some tightening up could have been done. But speaking of tightening up, now we'll get into the order of things since we have an order. And apparently they did as well. And I don't know what kind of an order this was because six nominations in, we um, immediately get the best directing. Um, the shorts are all like, separated. <laughs> yeah, the shorts are all separated. Like, what in the hell? We'll get it to the end in a second. But overall... Before the best picture, whatever, the, whatever that was, overall, the the the, the ordering, like, wh- what was going on? Like, what was Soderbergh doing?
1: Why was international feature paired up with supporting actor? Why were the actors for lead reversed in presenting? I, I don't understand any of this.
3: Yeah, it was kind of strange. I mean, I didn't really understand because they started off with writing and I thought that was really odd in itself. Like, I was like, OK, that's a good starter to reel people in. But it was like... And then just the way it kind of followed I was like okay something doesn't make sense here. And then when you get to best picture, I remember we thought we missed a couple of categories because you're like oh best picture like wait what and then it was like oh no then they're doing <laughs> then they do the best actor and actress.
1: Yeah, my friends were messaging me like did they cut something out.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's weird because when the moon when the yeah, the moonlight La La Land thing happened, that was an accident, but it almost felt like They were like trying to test the water to try and get another thing to happen again this year where it's like we're going to be we're going to be bold and we're going to move things around and then we're going to have Best Picture second last, you know, next to the pair of, of acting categories. But don't worry, this is for a good reason. So before we get it to the end end. What did everybody think? What were your initial thoughts outside of did we miss something when best picture happened? Like with like 20 minutes still to go.
1: I was too confused to really think about it. I mean, having Rita Moreno there was great and everything, but, and the winner was pretty practical. I don't know. Uh, I was just so confused. I couldn't really pay much attention.
3: I don't know. I think the thing that threw me for a loop was that, uh, uh, quest love an out uh, oh here's a music trivia segment that you guys don't know about just out of nowhere
0: which i, I love quest love but
3: like at that point i was i, I he mean it was a great dj for the night though
2: exactly i i just think it, it came completely out of nowhere in a show that was pretty bleak in some points like it just didn't feel like it, it makes sense to the story or the 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 style that steven sunburn was calling it was kind of like oh he's got to throw something in there that to make people laugh and just make a viral moment. I just, I, I liked it, but I just felt like it was just really random to do that in the last half hour of the show. I don't know.
0: Yeah. If it was like halfway through, that would be different. Cause then that would feel like maybe like a coffee break or like a, let's lighten the mood up a little bit, but like right near the end, it was a bit strange. Cause I was like, Oh, this is all killer. No filler. And then no, actually some filler, but you know, given what it was, it was actually very entertaining. Um, Audra Day obviously uh, let the expletives fly. Uh, Glenn Close uh, just like started crumping March Simpson style. It was pretty awesome. It's funny
3: because I actually just read an article on that. That was the dance wasn't planned, but that whole segment with her was partially planned. Like she was tipped off. Oh,
0: yeah, you could tell.
3: And I was like, because at first I was like, "Oh wait, does she really know this?" And I was like, "Hold on, let me look a little more into this." And I found out she was tipped off, but her to do the actual dance of this song, I was like, "Oh, she she went above and beyond the research," which is definitely my favorite moment of the night.
0: And this is why Glenn Close deserves an Oscar.
1: Not so <laughs> <the allergy. laughs>
0: no, no, not for that. She should get it for debut. That's what she should get it for, like just that alone. Maybe but. they
1: can make a documentary about these Oscars and she can produce it and win for for her for debut the movie.
0: Well, I mean, my octopus teacher. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Uh, uh, anyway. So speaking of disappointed. So everybody obviously could tell best picture happened. Nomad land won the top prize as most people would predict. And everybody figured out quite quickly. Okay. So the leaving actors at the end, and this was, a, we were tipped off a little bit with the end memoriam because Chadwick Bozeman was left at until the end of the memoriam segment. So, we all figured, okay, if they start off with Best Actress, then Best Actress last, hence Chadwick Boseman. And obviously that's what happened. And uh, what didn't happen is Chadwick Boseman actually winning. So instead, it was a Sir Anthony Hopkins getting a second Best Best Actor Academy Award win. And uh, the great star of The Father was actually asleep. Now, let me fill you all in as to why. So uh, in case you get to tell... Nobody was on Zoom. So in Australia, Sasha Baron Cohen and Isla Fisher were in, in some sort of a facility. And, you know, James, you brought up the BFI. You had to go somewhere to accept your win. Otherwise, you weren't eligible. Now, riddle me this. The guy's 83 freaking years old. He's in Wales. It's four in the morning. It's different to be awake at that time in your bed at home on Zoom rather than at a place where you have to drive back. The guy's 83 years old. They couldn't have cut him a break. They knew it was going to be the last one. They couldn't have, like, thrown him a bone.
1: And he hasn't gone to award ceremonies in years. Like, he wasn't at the last one he was nominated for for the Two Popes.
0: That's true. That's true. But, like, in this case, I feel like because he won the BAFTA, I feel like he would have been up. I actually feel like he would have been up. But they didn't throw him a bone. He won. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who hates the Oscars, uh, probably more than, uh, you know, like, like most naysayers yet he has one he was like stuck on the stage awkwardly uh no chadwick Boseman tribute and um that was quite the ending but
2: not in in a great way uh g anthony what, what was going through your head the when when they announced that we're gonna go with best picture i was like this is definitely a setup for chadwick bozeman but then when when the offset happened because i i had so the way I had a ranked was that I had Sherwin Bozeman because I really thought he was going to go for him. And then I had uh, Anthony Hawkins second because I knew that if an upset was going to happen, it was always going to be Hawkins. So I wasn't particularly surprised of the upset. I was just I was just annoyed by the way they set it up because you never my rule is best picture should always be last. That's always been the way I always looked at the Oscars and or or even other award shows. I always think if this is about movies and you have a category that's celebrating the best film of the year, in your opinion, that should be the last, the last thing you announce. It's just strange to have that two categories before acting, which is like a, a single nominee nomination where you're nominating a specific person, and that person is not even there. So like, uh, I, you're, you're running the risk of something like that happening, and I don't know why someone in the room, when whoever pitched this idea was like, hey, maybe we should not do that in that category. So I don't know I was a little bit I think it took away from his victory especially he wasn't there. So but I, he actually did uh, I believe he did a video I actually watched it this morning. He actually yeah, did his speech. Yeah yeah yeah. So and he actually mentioned uh a Bus uh So uh, he he did it. you know he still kind of gave given it like he didn't expect he was going to win either. I feel like uh, Anthony was like I don't he didn't think it was going to win. So that's probably also why he didn't show up or or at least through whatever he was supposed to go well yeah i don't know i i felt like it was a mistake doing it that way especially when you have um uh jack King phoenix giving that giving best of all
0: people See <laughs> if they had, like rachel said if they had you know the male giving to female and vice versa like they always do it would have been renee Zellweger. so even that was a screw up <laughs> She would have handled it better.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we could have had four or five producers there. And so if someone had stayed home, it wouldn't have been as big a deal.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. Right, yeah, I agree. I you, you have a chance that somebody's going to be there. Where, whereas, like, with actors, you never know if the actor's going to be there. So, like, this is yeah. a risk you're running. Because,
1: mm-hmm. like, somebody yep. could get hurt or they might have another commitment. Anything could happen.
2: Yeah, and like the picture. Yeah,
0: even if if everybody just decided to sit home, it's still just the picture that wins. So it's still like that big elation of like, "Wow, Nomadland won." None of them are there, but obviously they were there. But you know, hypothetically, none of them were there, but the picture won. So it's it's different. So I know Rachel, you've talked a little bit. You you're also a seasoned Oscars viewer, so you're you're having like similar sentiments, correct?
1: Yeah. It was interesting. Some of the reaction I heard online was that they felt it was actually disrespectful to Bozeman because it was saying we're going to use the fact that you died and that you have a lot of fans as a um, as a sort of ratings draw. Now, I don't think anybody was consciously thinking that, but I can understand why people would feel that way.
0: If you're doing anything that's like that outside of like, you know, an in memoriam. Yeah, I could see why it could be seen that way, because you're basically saying your death we're going to use that as the big grand finale. And it's supposed to be a sign of respect, but it can easily be seen as like something you know completely toxic to, to somebody's legacy. And look, he lost. So now I would argue that that tarnished him more than anything.
1: And it's saying to the other four nominees, yeah, you're just here to look nice in a suit. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> this is <laughs> Boltzmann <Baltimore. laughs> hour. Meanwhile, Anthony Hopkins won. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Now, James, uh, Anthony, you might not know this, James here... Uh, is like a newbie to the Oscar, so this is his first time like partaking in something this grand, grandiose, you know, predicting, ranking. I mean, he went full throttle, you know. James, you watched every nominee, and this is your first Oscar ceremony like, like this, participating in, in this level, and you got shortchanged. Like, how does it feel?
3: <laughs> it was definitely interesting. I yeah, the abrupt ending was kind of like, really, that's it. But then I actually found this article that showed uh, the reason that he and uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins skipped the Oscars. He was actually in Wales visiting the grave of his father. Oh, so that was the main reason he had actually God, had gone I didn't there.
0: Realize. Yeah, so oh. it wasn't just that he
3: was asleep. It's like, yeah, he was over there, and obviously the time change and all, but. He had actually. I think it says he got vaccine. So he got the vaccine. So he went over there to visit the grave of his father, and that's the reason. Because I think he probably would have ended up being there, wow, in person if he had not gone and done that. But yeah, it did. It does feel like a little short change at the end because it was just like a Anthony Hopkins wins. All right, good night, everybody. And it was like, did
0: they even say good night? I, I don't even remember. Well, there was no host. Yeah. So
2: they usually, the host usually does that. But I, they left it to Joaquin Phoenix. And Joaquin Phoenix was just like, oh, I'm just going to be <laughs> awkward. I'm just going to be awkward and close the show.
0: <laughs> well, King Phoenix is basically Kruger from Seinfeld. He, he's just like, I don't care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, said it, he said, oh, I'm supposed to speak about acting. And like, I don't know. I don't know what acting is. <laughs>
0: i'm surprised he showed up
3: i think if Steven Soderbergh was going to go cinematic he should have kind of like framed it in like a classic three-act structure that made sense instead of the way he did it like he could have done like the first third have a certain set of awards and then the middle section and then the last part is the build-up to like the grandiose ones and do better than just like anthony hopkins wins and then end show
0: well, maybe he just watched No Country for Old Men. He was feeling that open ending. I don't know. But um, speaking of things with certainty, now we could get into the speeches themselves. For the people who actually did win, I'm sure we all have a favorite speech of the night. But I'm going to go around around the table a little bit. And I'm sure, um, you know, somebody's going to bring up somebody else's favorite. But let's try and highlight some of the best. So, Janty, uh, what was one of your favorite speeches of the night? And, like, why? Like, what were they
2: talking about? It's hard because like I have like five of them that I really like because there's some of them went with a little bit of humor, some went with more serious. I would say for me, I'll I'll do this. I'll give you out of the more serious or more like uh, uh, I don't know serious is the word, but like more more uh, more emotional speeches. I would say I like Thomas because the way it took it took a while to get there, but that's the reason why I kind of like. The fact that they didn't have time limits because he built the story and he explained how much this film means to him. So, like that was probably in that sense the the speech that I like the most. But in terms of like the one that everybody's talking, it was probably a uh, uh, uh Yoon from from uh, uh, Minari. So that that's probably my two two favorites. Yeah, uh,
0: Yoon was was just hilarious so like i i almost in her speech like what olivia coleman was doing when she won the favorite where it's just this off the cuff i'm just here i'm just gonna talk about whatever i feel like brad pitt you produced our movie i didn't see you once but now i'm seeing you now and this is like a dream come true and she just said whatever she wanted and what what a legend! I hope she wins another Oscar. Like place her in something else next year, get her that Oscar. I want to hear her talk again. Like that's partially why I'm sad Olivia Colman didn't didn't win for the same category. Because whenever they're on stage, they're they're both gold. Like
1: I kept thinking she'd be great company at a dinner party.
0: Yeah, uh, Yoon or Colman or both.
1: Yoon. Well, both, but Yoon in this
0: context. <laughs> <Both>. <laughs> Yeah, just just so charming. Rachel, what was one of your other favorites, then?
1: Well, you guys picked my top two. So, um, I really enjoyed Tyler Perry. I thought that he really got to the heart of the issues that he cares about. And he was really gracious and really sweet. And the other one was Anthony Hopkins' belated uh, Instagram thank you speech the next day. You had the beautiful Welsh backdrop. He was very classy, very... Uh, like you could tell that this win totally took him aback and he was quite touched. Both of those speeches really got to the heart of things.
0: Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, Hopkins had time to like kind of frame his and, you know, figure out what he wanted to say, but he still did it the right way. Same thing with Tyler Perry, who obviously knew he was going to win this honorary award, had this speech planned out. And, you know, I'm not going to go into like how I feel about his films here because how I feel about them doesn't matter. He's creating all of these jobs. He's he's helping communities. What a what a like what a saint! And you know, he he proved like like what he could actually pull off. You know, when he wants to with like one of the greatest speeches of the night. Like what a classy, felt, uh, fully thought out speech and just brilliant. James, what about you? Uh, what were some of your like? What was one of your favorites?
3: Uh, I mean, I had a few favorite moments. Obviously, Yoon's speech was amazing, just because she was so surprised the moment she said, "She's she like, how did I beat Glenn Close?" And my first thought was, "Your movie was better," but we'll talk about that another time.
1: <laughs> they all yeah. apologize to Glenn Close now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know when you went no, over not a for legend. beating her,
0: but because she had to be in that. But like, anyway, right? <laughs>
3: obviously, Thomas Ventureberg, I love just because you you could tell that this was an important project for him. And I also I always forget like. A lot of the Scandinavian filmmakers, they're super proficient in English, even though they write in Danish all the time. So just he, he was very well spoken and just, you know, the stuff about his daughter. Uh, David Kaluuya's speech was great just because he mm. added, you know, <laughs> his humor. But he also had a lot of you could tell he kind of still had that Fred Hampton energy. But I have to yeah. say, one of the highlights was Frances McDormand howling like a wolf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for Bland. For
0: <laughs> oh, you, you didn't see her win for three billboards. You're not used to the Frances
2: McDormand acceptance speech then.
1: Those are wild. She should win again yeah. just for another one. <laughs> <That's
2: what laughs> I she think for. she's going to be the the biggest. She's, at some point in her career, she's going to become the most uh, uh, female actress to win more Oscars than anybody else. I think she's going to break that record. Even over she just needs Africa? one two. Yeah, she's, she's she's one off. Yeah, she just needs one more to tie the record.
0: Yeah, and and the be- the interesting thing is, it's not like Meryl Streep; where it's like one supporting and two best. This is straight up all best actress, like Catherine Hepburn. So that would be like official. That'd be like straight up a tie. Um, speaking of, of Frances McDormand, uh, I just want to give a shout out to her actual best actress win, and not the not the best picture one. You could tell that she didn't have anything planned. She fully didn't even feel like she was going to win, but like off the cuff came up with like a really great symbol about like, you know, the craft uh, quoting Nomadland, the film. Uh, I like work, which is something her character says near the start of the film. And it's something that she obviously holds dear to her heart. Uh, unlike Frances McDormand, just was short, sweet and to the point, And well, bam, she was, she was done. So like, just to see what she was like, you know, thinking on the heels of her feet was very interesting. And plus, you have Daniel Cooley talking about how uh, his, his parents getting it on, and he's yeah. a miracle.
2: And His mom <laughs> has her,
1: her head in her hands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was she was like, sister, "What in the world is he saying?" It was Bo, <laughs> actually it was Bo, It was his mother and his yeah. uh, his sister. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. The sister was like uh, face bobbing, and the mom was like,
1: "I'm not." Wait, wait, right wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs>
0: That's why that's what made it really funny. The mom's confusion, looking to the sister and being like, oh, he did say that, okay?
1: <laughs> Dustin Hoffman actually made a similar joke in 79, One for Kramer versus Kramer, but I imagine clearly you probably didn't know about that because it's long before he was ever born.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I actually didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I've heard that type of a thing before, but I'm not sure if it was with Dustin Hoffman. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, that it's like, yes, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. get down into particulates, but... okay so now that we're speaking about like the speeches and uh who won let's get into the actual winners and afterwards we're going to follow through with with our predictions and see who did the best i think we all did really well because it was like a more predictable year but speaking of which let's get into the predictable awards and then we'll get into the shocks so out of the predictable awards what did everybody think james what did you think about like you know Nomadland winning best picture uh, Deni Kaluya Eugene Yun. um you know like the the, the more obvious awards that did well Soul winning its two awards
3: I mean I thought for the most part every like 90% of the show that was all warranted it, it was a very difficult year because literally I mean there was only as far as I could tell there was only really one dud and that was Hillbilly Elegy and it didn't win anything so it's all good but <laughs> I I will say And this is one I expected. I wouldn't say it's a predictable, but I have to say one of the most important ones of the night was Emerald Fennel.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. For a promising young woman. Yes.
3: Because it was like, you know, she definitely earned it and you could tell just in the way she carried herself. She didn't really expect it, but now she has a taste of what that's like. And I'm really excited to see what she does next because it almost sets a standard for her. It's like her first feature she won best writing and that's, that's not always common.
0: Unless you're like a Jordan Peele, which clearly Emerald Fennel is like of the same um, creative spectrum. So I'm right. excited to see what she does next. And then, I, I mean you have even know, pre-
1: uh, compared the two movies in uh, previous episodes.
0: With Get Out, A Promising Young yeah. Woman. Yeah, yeah they're, they're very so. similar with different, with different commentary for sure.
3: That was the octopus teacher I was just mad about. Oh. <laughs> I knew it was gonna win. I was like, "Come on, guys, do, do, do well, we really you, have to?"
0: Janty, this is partially why I invited you because we're the only f- four people on Earth who think this movie should not have won, and
2: we're we're like, why?
0: It, why it did it win? Should have been a short.
2: I, I could I could have a rant about that movie for for years. I I, I just <laughs> I I've, I've said this many times before. The past couple of years, the documentary category has been it's it's been rough to to see like the. the I mean, the amount of snubs that they do almost every year, it's, it's insane. But, uh, I mean, I, I i was already prepared because I knew it was going to win. It was probably one of the one predictions that I was more confident, even though I hated the fact that I was so confident about it because I just don't understand. Outside of the fact that it's a very popular film, uh, pretty much anyone that has Netflix has seen it. Uh, and I feel like that's part of the reason why I won. It's just one of the few documentaries that probably most people saw so they just voted for it which is just unfortunate but that comes back to the fact that the documentary branch should have never nominated in the first place because that's what's gonna happen when you nominate a documentary that's that popular in a category we other documentaries that don't have uh, the recognition and also are more serious or more important or might have more difficult subjects and then you're putting this this documentary about a guy who well, I said an Octopus and I don't know, like, I just don't, it's it literally, you look at all five nominees and that's the one that out of the five that I'm like, I don't know how can you vote for that film, but that's just me.
0: Now, Rachel, when there, cause everybody's speech was long. When the, my Octopus teacher speech was long and it felt like, it felt like the epilogue of all of the crap oh, that the guy in the film is saying about, like, you know, yes. the this <laughs> octopus. How infuriated were you? Because I was, uh, okay, I'm, I'm not ready to jump off a bridge because I'm South African. So I have, like, the tiniest connection with this film. So, like, South Africa pride. But otherwise, it's like, <laughs> can you shut up? Uh, I, and I love animals. I love animals. I adore animals. I love octopuses. Can you shut up about this octopus
2: for once in your life? Like, I was seriously
1: tweeting octopus jokes, so I didn't really pay much attention. To be honest,
2: uh, so so it was literally the only sorry. speech that I didn't I did not pay attention. Like literally, they were still going, and I was like, "Yeah, they're still talking." And I because I was I was using my computer, like looking at Twitter at, at the same time, and I was like, "They're still going," and he's still talking about a damn octopus. I, I was just like, I. That was probably the part of the of the ceremony that I completely went out because I was like I, def- I don't care I just don't care. They should have had the imagine?
1: octopus in a tank and just we could have looked at it. Oh, well, the octopus
2: dead. is the octopus is dead. Oh, though. they could
1: have got a lookalike. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like I told, I told it's on, the same octopus. Like, <laughs> I told Andreas. I, I, I wish uh, uh uh take my favorite documentary of the year uh uh take Johnson is that should have won, yeah. and I wanted to see Dick Johnson on stage. But, you know, they took that away from me. Uh, that's fine. See, that would have been
0: beautiful. But instead, we got to hear uh, basically the, you know, like, uh, look at my children in my wallet equivalent of, here's the octopus again. Like, But, you know, all I could think of is can you guys like uh, like are you guys anticipating the sequel when that same guy <laughs> finds a sea snail and like what he's going to discover from that? It's going to oh, be amazing, no. like a sea cucumber or like God forbid a stingray. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best. Can now- we do
3: a rally like uh, you know how uh we finally got the Snyder cut of Justice League? Can we get like the <laughs> Werner Herzog cut of uh, my octopus teacher?
0: Okay, but <laughs> would that be would that be shorter or longer?
3: Uh I don't. I don't care, just as long as he does it.
1: <laughs> I gotta oh, say, Octopus uh, did have its good points, so I felt like all the underwater stuff was really cool. So uh, I know we're trashing it, but those of you out there who loved it, I can see why, so.
2: Oh, it's a good was a gorgeous documentary. Film. It's a good documentary. It's just not an Oscar-winning documentary.
0: <laughs> it's just too long. When you're up against collective time and, like, the crowd-pleasing Crip Camp, which was also Obama-produced, I'm like... Wait, so this is like the you know, the, the scapegoat film where like, you know, um American Factory won last year, so this could be that one. Time's like the best one in my opinion. Collective is like so thrilling. What why are you so obsessed with this? At least the mole agent didn't win.
1: Yeah, oh, well, yeah, thank goodness.
0: There? Um, I, I guess they can't nominate Woody Allen anymore, so they have to pick films that feel like his. I don't know, like <laughs> no, in,
2: in the case of the mole agent, I, 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 a lot of people also really like that. So like, I'm not. It's kind of in the similar vein as my octopus teacher that just people have seen it, they love it, and they just wanna they just wanted to win, and that's pretty much what happened in that category, which is it's just unfortunate because time is a better. Better film collective is a better film collective was nominated for for for, uh, international film and so like somehow that's still lost like it blows my mind. Well, like honey, I think it's
0: called Honeyland, the one about the beekeeping. Last year was the same thing, and it lost both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And
1: And international uh, film was stacked.
0: Yeah, yeah. that
2: is true.
0: true. Which uh, obviously another round one for that, but that was an obvious one. Let's all pick one shock each. So I'm gonna go first. best song. Okay, 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 yeah. never mind, you took mine. Go <laughs> ahead, Rachel. Nope. Okay, okay,
1: because okay. I have, like, an emotional stake in this over Who's Civic, and I, I will admit, I'm devastated, and, you know, the elves and I were all crying together last night. But... Iceland represent... I liked her winning, I will admit. I liked that song. I would have been annoyed if the Italian song won, because I no hate to Diane Warren, but it was kind of mediocre. I don't know. Um, so, I was, like... That category could have gone to one of three songs, I think, and swerving that way was really kind of interesting. So it was a good win overall. I felt sad for the people of Facebook, though.
0: Yeah, basically, the the, the song one was probably the biggest crapshoot of the entire evening, where I actually bet, like, because I was like you know, I, I, watched this with my family. My mom was like, what did you pick? I said, speak now one night in Miami. I said, if, if my prediction is correct, you have to get a tattoo. And my mom was like, no, I don't. I was like, yes, you do. That's how like, that's how like lacking of confidence I am in this category. And guess what? I was wrong. So my mom, my mom is still tattoo free. So that's, that's fine. But, um, otherwise there weren't other major, um, upsets or shocks, but so we could go over a couple James, what was your other like big one? That wasn't best song.
3: Oh, uh, can we talk about how Colette won Best Documentary Short? Because okay. I, yeah, that, I, that just threw me for a loop. I was like, really? Like, how?
0: I know, J. Anthony, you're, you're
2: a fan of that one, actually, correct? Uh, it's actually my favorite documentary out of all of the five, and I actually predicted it oh, was wow. going to win. Yeah, uh, I... I this, th- that conversation has been going around in the Academy uh, uh, for a long time that the academy has a very soft spot for uh, World War II or, or Holocaust-related projects, and this Colette basically proved that to be true. It's just the the record of Amato um, movies that either get nominated or win. It's, it's it's I don't even know what the number is, but it's it, you, they usually they get easily get nominated, or and their chances of winning are pretty high. And, but I personally, the reason why I, I predicted it was because both, I felt like they were going to vote for it. And second, because it was actually my favorite out of, out of the five, even though it was hard because all five of them were extraordinary. I think that was, outside of probably with international film, I think that was probably one of the most stacked categories in the whole. I,
0: yeah, I will say this. I do find it interesting that a short film attached to a video game and specifically one that's like virtual reality. I think it's like what? Medal of Honor? I I don't remember. I don't play any of those. But it, it is it's a VR,
2: yeah, it's Medal of Honor for from EA, I
0: think, or something. That's like pretty that. cool because I believe it's like an unlockable and a scrapbook you can get in the game or something. That that's pretty interesting. So the, for that reason I'm like, okay, that's a pretty cool win. And that you know, the guy's like ten minute long speech was about, you know, video games and VR and EA or whoever owns it, I don't remember. Um yeah, so, I mean, at least that was pretty interesting. Um, for me, I wouldn't really call this a shock, but the the film editing category for me was like a toss-up between three, so it's like, okay, is it going to be Nomadland, which was my, my one, is it going to be Trial of the Chicago 7, which was going to be my two, or The Dark Horse, which was Sound of Metal. Now, this was like the only Dark Horse win, in my opinion, that happened in the evening where it's like, you know... You know, maybe uh, vote splitting or I, I actually feel like it's not even that at all. I feel like Sound of Metal actually did pick up a lot of steam in the editing category. So that was like my only major shock of, of any sort. g uh, Gianty, did you have any?
2: Well, you guys took probably all of the ones that I wanted to say, but um, I mean, it's just like I kind of... Most of the shocks were my second choice. So I wouldn't call them a lot of them shocks for me. Exactly. Um, probably the only one I can think of might be Francis, because Francis was actually the only one. I had her at fourth place and the reason why that was because I I bought into the narrative that Andrea Day was building momentum and I don't know why I bought into some of that. So I put her in third place instead of Francis. So I had uh, I had Carrie Mulligan second, which is also dumb because I, I knew Carrie Mulligan was never gonna win. Uh, even though most people were predicting that, but I was like, that's never going to happen. But uh, I had Viola Davis, so that to me was probably the only one I can think of that was kind of a surprise. But uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't know because like Normaland if Norman Land was not gonna, it was gonna fail in, in basically all the technical categories. I knew that where it was gonna succeed was in the top categories, which was Best Actress and Best Director. So. Yeah, not, not a lot of surprises for me, but and even the Anthony Hopkins like a lot of people are saying that's the biggest upset ever, and I'm like, it, it wasn't really. He was the front runner back in early in the year, and he was also the front runner pretty much throughout the critics' uh groups. It was just that the, the what happened was a lot of these these uh uh guilds hadn't seen the film because the thing is, most of the critics have seen the film back in Sundance, so it was kind of like it was a disconnect between the critics and the, and the, and the, the, the guilds. But once they got in, once the film was released and most of the Oscar voters saw it, they probably said, up oh, Anthony Hawkins is a better performance. So I, I just don't, I don't think there were that many surprises. Probably best song was the only one. Well, trial
3: got no flowers at all this night. Well, yeah, that I, was was a gonna that <laughs> yeah I was actually
0: going to bring that up. I was actually going to
1: bring that up. Me too. <laughs> That's that so, true. Yeah.
0: You know, Janet, uh, you were bringing up Carrie Mulligan not winning because that's because you know the favor went over to the best original screenplay usually, and we talk about this. Usually, the Academy Awards like to you know gift basket every Best Picture nominee at least one win. So you know uh, the big rundown is Meg got two for production and for cinematography, uh, Judas got two for supporting actor and for song. Um, probably you know, Young Woman got for screenplay. The father got actor and screenplay. Um, Sound of Metal got editing. And, uh, and for sound, um, Nomadland got its big three, best picture, obviously, uh, best director and best actress. Am I missing any outside of Trial? Um, if I am, it's whatever, case in point. So Trial, who would have predicted? Because earlier in the year, Trial was like supposed to be like... The gravity to Twelve Years a Slave, or the Boyhood <laughs> to Birdman. It was supposed to be the one I was riding right behind No Man Land to overtake it, but it didn't win anything. Like, did any of you guys predict that it was going to win nothing?
1: Well, I couldn't see realistically what it was going to win, but I thought something was going to get picked up. Like, there's nothing I could really Editing. consider a front runner
0: in. Yeah, like when when the original song was left, I was like. I know it's not going to win that because I'm the only person who actually likes that song. Like, everybody else ranks it last. I liked the Celeste song. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but, yeah, it went home completely empty-handed. So, who would have thought that what was potentially supposed to be the potential uh, Best Picture winner actually got nothing? Now, on that note, we're going to get into all of our predictions. So... Sorry, sorry, Rachel?
1: I was just going to say, and the awards were very evenly distributed this year because often you'll get one that kind of runs away with the night and it wins six to eight awards or something like that. And there really wasn't anything like that. It was either one award, two or three, like Nomadland won three and it was the only one. So I found that a little odd, but also kind of nice.
0: Yeah, it was like evenly distributed, as you said. And like uh some of the best picture nominees, like some years it's like just one award. But even Judas got two, which I did not expect. Judas got two, uh Sound of Metal got two. Um yeah, there was there was some love all across the board. Uh Soul got two, uh Marani got two. So let's get into our predictions though. I feel like most of us did really well. Um let's start off with uh with James. This is your very first Academy Awards, you know, race like this where you partake in everything, you predict everything. How many? It's it's out of twenty three, correct? Because twenty four was with both sound categories, so I think it's twenty three. How many out of twenty three did you get wrong? Let's say, let's go with wrong. Thirteen. You got thirteen wrong. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. You, you so have to, you
3: have to remember because, like, if you go back to when we recorded that roundtable episode, I, my my choices and reasons were so far left field than your guys. Like, had I played it some more the way you guys have played it, I probably would have predicted more. But I just got things wrong because of just the way I picked things.
0: But you also, this is your first, your very first time. So that's understandable. Like, out of the ones that you got right, which ones felt the best that you got right? That you were like, wow, I can't believe I got that. Well, I got Best Picture and Actress, right?
1: Heck, yeah. Best Actress, okay. Best, best actress. actress
0: is
3: pretty good. I got Best Actress, Best Picture. Uh, what else did I get? Uh, supporting actor, because I mean, Daniel Cooley was going to win. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that was the,
0: obvious. But like, 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 best actress—were there any where it's like it wasn't so obvious that you were like, "Wow, I can't believe I got that one right." Like, Frances McDormand's a good one, I would say.
3: Yeah, it's funny because I had No Man Leg pegged as the winner for best picture because I personally considered that the safest film out of all of them.
0: <laughs> I mean, in a sense, it, it's safe, but it also isn't. I feel like it—it it still is doing. Uh, Chloe Zhao's got a, a, her own type of a cinematic language, which I've compared a little bit to Malick, a little bit to Linklater. But it's like completely her own thing that I really like. So, Rachel, uh, you're heavily into this this type of thing. You know, you you've been predicting for a number of years. How did you do this year?
1: It was interesting because I did about as well as I used to before I started watching all the movies. This was the first year I saw all the nominees. I think last year I got eight wrong. It's usually in that range. This year I got seven wrong. And so there were a few that, you know, everyone missed, like, best song and best actor. Um, I did a couple of gambles on things like editing that didn't really pay off. But, um, yeah, uh, it didn't really change a lot, which surprised me.
0: Cool. Um, As for myself, I did six, which that's uh, the lowest I've ever been. So I was feeling really good when I had four. And then the acting once came out and I was like, well, I'm, I'm tied again. So that, that kind of sucked, but I will say this, the wonky order kind of played in my favor because I had an 11 win streak where I just had 11 on a row. Right. And that was the longest streak I've ever had before I hit my first dud, which was, um, I said a, a song for for Latasha instead of Colette for best documentary short subject. So that was my first loss, but uh, thanks Marley Matlin anyway um I had 11 in a row which was like thank you Soderbergh you made that streak you know because if you had like an actual normal order to things maybe I would have had my first wrong one a lot sooner but 11 in a row that's not bad either way I'm still tied at six for my least amount wrong um you know song I got wrong but otherwise yeah like you said Rachel I was like some gambles I took like for editing I should have said sound of metal but I didn't um I should have said Francis McDormand, but I didn't. Um, Chadwick Boseman, I would have never said Anthony Hopkins. So th- that one I just know. Jantony, though, uh, I know you did. I think we got about the same. Yeah, we got about the got same. We got black.
2: a couple of categories different. I think the only category we had differently was uh, Colette, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, because you said that one, and uh-huh. I think you got something else wrong. And uh, oh, I, I remember know. now. And co- a custom design, I think. it was No, makeup. Makeup and hairstyling. I... That was one that I would say I would have. had So I had six uh, round total, but I, I, it, it hurt because I, I, I did the stupid thing of going with Pinocchio, even though I knew that Pinocchio never had a chance in that category. But uh, uh, that screwed my because I should have had five, but uh, whatever. I, I, I had six, so I went with Pinocchio instead of going with my rainy, which was obviously the the better. Well, I don't know. Me personally, I think uh, 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 Pinocchio had the the more crowning achievement in makeup and hairstyling, but I get why, why they it for me Rainy, So I'm not mad. So, um, but yeah, usually actually, this is the best I ever done at predictions. I usually do bad because I don't, I, I usually skip the shorts. So I, I don't even vote for them. And I usually get like 10 or 12 wrong, even though I, I mostly got everything else. Right. But, uh, so this year that I actually watch every film, I, I usually do. I usually do better at predictions of the nominations. Like I usually get like eighty percent right at nominations because I don't know. I, that's just like I tend to predict that more than I do who's gonna be the winner. I guess I don't know.
0: But yeah, did you get mm-hmm. did you get Lakeith Stanfield for supporting actor well, though? I bet you didn't yeah, get I that. Think, I don't think anyone was planning to
2: that. her because like no <laughs> one knew that he was being in consideration for that category. I don't think anyone was talking about that. So like how does it do you make predict-
0: sense? if you go to Gold Derby, he's not even there.
2: No, he's no more <laughs> predicted. It came completely out of nowhere. And and then the question was that even even I think Sampiel was making fun of it because he was like, so who's the who's the uh, the main character in this movie?
0: Lucky Sanfield also said he's the first uh, person ever to be nominated who has a face tattoo. So, I mean, that that's a pretty cool achievement as well. <laughs> so
2: I, I mean, he deserves uh, it. I just think it was strange that they, they made that decision. I don't even know how that happened. I
0: don't, I, I, I don't know, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise it was going to be Jared Leto for, for the little thing. Let's oh, like, not talk about that, please. Not yeah, about we, no, we, we <laughs> but, uh, it, it's time to wrap things up, I think. So I'm going to go around person to person. Um, let's go with uh, somebody that I know very well when it comes to the Oscars, Rachel, as a, as a seasoned veteran, when it comes to this, somebody I've known for a while, um, what do you think about you know like maybe you know awaiting next year? It's going to be an even shorter season, waiting until the next Oscars because it's going to be back to February, I believe. Uh, up to ten Best Picture nominees, but solidified at ten, so you know it's going to be actual ten nominees and not like eight or seven, like it's I think been. That's a good change. Uh, yeah, are you excited? What do you think they need to change? Like excluding the ceremony because you know that's that's here or there. Uh, what do you think they need to change, and what are you looking forward to next year?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to being back to the early part of the year because the wait was forever. And, you know, this year was so screwed up, so all over the place. And I uh, I was so impressed with what they managed to bring out anyway. And I just really hope that next year doesn't kind of slip off of the quality. That That's what I would say. But I'm generally looking forward to what Hollywood brings out.
0: But like, uh, and we've talked about this off, off the air, on the air, um, it's a lot more solid than we were anticipating. It was We thought we, it was going to be maybe like just a, a, like a crap heap, but instead it's like potentially like one of the more solid batches of nominees and winners in recent memory.
1: Exactly. So that was kind of an unexpected gift
0: uh j you're somebody i've known for not nearly as long at this point it's been like what a month i think um <laughs> you know and you're you're an indie voting member so um you know like what are you looking at you know when it comes to like the future of these things what can they do better especially somebody who's like actually attached to another ceremony that i feel like does everything relatively well
2: um for me uh i i've been one well, of probably a defendant of the academy for in recent memory because i feel like it it, it actually today the the ratings came out and it was they're bad Uh, so like no one's even watching yeah no one's watching this type of things anymore but um i don't know i'm still invested in it i'm also a filmmaker so like i i you know the oscars will always be a part of me but um i would say the challenge for this year i I think this is a year that people are just going to say it was there's an asterisk to it because of of COVID and also the fact that a lot of people are like, Oh, but there was no blockbusters or high budget movies outside of Tenet and Wonder Woman. So like, uh, most people are probably going to like say that this year was like not fair. Cause like, even though like, I believe there was more, uh, submissions than ever before, which makes total sense because they extended the deadline. But, um, I don't know. I, I think I, as long as the quality, like, like Rachel says stays put, um, I just hope that um that some of the the, the borders don't zone... I, I like the fact the Academy doesn't really care about what the narratives are. Like this year we saw that a lot, like with the fact that the father it did as well as it, it did, it was because a lot of people completely went on the narrative of of the critics and all this other stuff at the end of the day the 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 voters are gonna vote like they always do Um uh, and if they like a film we saw it with parasite i was one of the few people that predicted parasite was gonna win because most people were like oh but once upon a time in hollywood and i love that film but uh it, it's just it, it happened with with movies like shape of water i just think the academy should continue doing what they're doing uh the only problem with that is that it, it's part of the reason why people don't watch the Oscars anymore because uh, they're like, oh, no one has seen those films. So it's a, it's a slippery slope. Like uh, my favorite film of the year was Nomadland, but my second favorite film was not even nominated whatsoever, which was uh, uh, you were never uh, never rarely sometimes, which was my second favorite of the year, and that did decently at the Spirit Awards, but uh, it didn't win. I believe it didn't win anything, but. I, I don't know I I feel like it's a hard thing for the academy because the academy it has is trying to balance do we vote for popular things or or we focus on just nominating what we think is the best and that's a, that's a hard thing too I just think they just they should do whatever they want to do which is what they always done
0: I like that you brought that up because that's something that draws me to wanting to justify or defend the, the Oscars because at the Grammys you'd never see like beasts of the southern wild on a more getting like uh, like Michelle uh, Henneke getting uh, a best director nod. You wouldn't see stuff like that or like Roma potentially actually winning, but it didn't win because not because it's foreign, but because it was a Netflix film. Like you, they give these opportunities, like uh, Thomas Vinterberg for best director is a great example. Like the Oscars do a lot of those things, right? Cause they kind of play by their own rules, which I do love as well. Now, James, you're not really familiar with this on like nearly the same level. If the K cut, and films for talent were to cease to exist, knock and web, that doesn't happen. Would you actually still want to keep watching the Oscars? Like, are you like in this now, or was this a one in time a one time type deal? You're only going to do it because you're with us. Are you like an Oscar obsessive now? What do you think? I
3: wouldn't say obsessive, but it's definitely something I will continue to do because at the very least, it's fun. You know, I think the big takeaway I've, I've kind of had this takeaway for years because, like, I never really paid attention too closely to the awards until this year. But I think the best part, and I've said this multiple times before, I think since around 2013, we saw this shift in artistry where films are kind of going back to that like aesthetic of the 70s, to where everyone's kind of getting more daring and making the things they want to make, and we're kind of seeing it in these awards where they're not giving. academy any excuses anymore aside from the you know obviously the upset with green book winning the parasite win and just the nominees of that year plus all the films this year we're seeing a lot of tough contenders in every aspect of every genre of every kind of film coming out because like it was really hard to decide anything as far as rankings were concerned because it's like the only film that i absolutely did not like was hillbilly elegy but other than that it was like Can I just pick all of them to win? Because, you know, we're seeing such a strength from all these artists because it's like, you know, acting's top notch. You know, even the more blockbuster films are starting to get more artsy. And I think that when you have people like Christopher Nolan doing kind of, you know, tiptoeing in both realms or like, you know, think about like what Tarantino does, you know, like
0: Aronofsky.
3: Or yeah, you know, they make art house accessible. And I think that we're seeing a lot of that now. And I think, you know, the... Or, you know, let's take the wins get out got, or, you know, or even Promising Young Woman winning best screenplay, best original screenplay. You know, people are appreciating art again and they're not all about the fluff because it's kind of being obscured
0: now. But the way that I see it, that was happening in like the the late 60s and all of the 70s with the Oscars. Does that mean that we're going to be getting Chariots of Fire and Gandhi and... And out of Africa happening again? God, I hope not. Uh, so I it's so hard to predict. <laughs> it's the way things go, I guess. So, I also like this uh, format.
3: I think if whoever they get next to do the Oscars, I think they should kind of continue this more cinematic format, but just tighten it up.
0: Oh, can you imagine if they got like Jodorowsky? I mean, he's still alive. That would be interesting. If they
1: got, Honestly, like- <laughs> I, I, I think uh,
3: Denis Villeneuve, I think they should get him to do it.
1: Forget
0: well, that. I want to maybe. see Guy Madden the Oscars. Guy Madden the <laughs> <No>. Oscars. <laughs> it would be silent. There would be like title cards.
1: Yeah. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar.
0: There would be no winners. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, we got here comes an award statue. And like the, this thing rises from the ground. Anyway, I think that's a very good. And note. his mother's
1: screaming from the balcony.
0: <laughs> Horse heads everywhere. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's a fantastic note to end on. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Thank you, uh, James and Rachel, for... uh, And congratulations on completing your first entire Oscars, watching every nomination, and I hope it was worthwhile and it was fun. Watched over 50 movies in a
3: month. Uh,
0: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome welcome to my life, I guess. Uh, Gianthony, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, that was was this edition of B-Roll.